We're doing a number of things a little different today. We have a, a brief video, and this comes from our outreach team. If you did not get the water bottle, uh, there are water bottles, I think, at the in, uh, exits as you leave. Get one of those. What we're trying to do is giving you an opportunity to tell somebody else about what God is doing at Round Oak Baptist Church. If you need a water bottle, keep it. If you don't need it, give it to somebody else so that they can have information about the church. So we'll, let's watch this little video, and then I'm going to talk about that for a few minutes. I need to reconnect and recharge. Just as our phones need recharging, we need recharging too. We have endured a global pandemic and we practiced social distancing and spent more time at home. For some of us, that included worse than at home also. As we adapt to a new normal, it's a great time to reconnect with our church family at Round Oak and recharge our spiritual journey. We are excited! We have a new pastor! Rapture! 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 Hello, Pastor Trevor here. I just want to say that I'm excited and I'm eager to join the fellowship at Round Oak Baptist Church. I'm looking forward to seeing all the things that God is going to do in us, around us, and through us for His glory as together we serve Jesus Christ. I'm looking forward to the relationships that will, will grow and that will be new as we again join together as one body and serve our Lord and our Savior. As it says in 1 Corinthians and in Romans chapter 12, we read that in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ. And that's my prayer that I hope we can become that quickly and effectively so that God can continue to use Round Oak and then me as I join your fellowship as vessels to reach a lost world for him and his glory. And so that we are able to witness more effectively each and every single day. Again, I'm looking forward to worshiping with you. I'm looking forward to praising with you. And I'm looking forward to all the things that God is going to do through us as we continue in the future. Until then, take care and God bless. The outreach team is powered up and ready to help spark our reconnect and recharge campaign. A few strategies we're energized about are the email survey. And then we're also going to be doing a letter writing project here at ROBC. See you here soon. That was your new pastor you saw on there. He's a whole lot better looking, so y'all are being blessed beyond measure. <laughs> but but I, I want to thank the outreach team. And um, would y'all stand where you are so you everybody can see the outreach team? Betty's back here. Um, the outreach team has been meeting for months but they've put things on hold because of, of Trevor's coming. So things, they kind of postpone things back. Um, 
and, and, and reconnect and recharge. How, how do we get people reconnected to the church again? And that'll be their, their, the first focus that the, this group will be doing. And then they're going to be looking at reaching those people out there that are not connected to uh, Round Oak. So the first phase is reconnecting church members and getting us recharged with what God is going to do. And then they're going to focus on how do we connect to those that are out there. That's what I want to focus on this morning. What I want to leave you with is this word. God has called you to reach your Jerusalem. God has called you to reach your Jerusalem. Who is in your Jerusalem? Well, some months ago, the uh, pastor search team worked with a group to do a survey of the community. And they did a demographic study of a 10-mile radius around Round Oak Baptist Church. These are, this is the results of that study. What has, who has God brought into our vicinity? Who are these people? Who is it that God is calling this church to minister to now? It's a new beginning. It's an opportunity for us to look at the world that has changed around us and respond to it. How do we as the people of God in this place respond to what God has done in our midst? So in this study, there were five groups of people. I'm only going to focus on one of those groups this morning um, because it's the largest group out there. Uh, it, it's called, wait a minute, I want to get the right words. The largest group in our community as of today are fast track couples. Fast track couples. That's the largest group that's uh, within a 10 mile radius of uh, Round Oak Baptist Church. Now, so who are these people? They are different from us. They're come here's. They're, they're, they don't have the connections to the community that many of us have who were born and raised around here. But you, the, the largest group within Round Oak Baptist Church are also fast-track couples. So the largest group within the church and the largest group in the community that we're trying to reach have the same characteristics. And God has placed that here for us to minister to. I, and I want to share with you some of the characteristics of these fast-track couples. And I did further research, Hunter, so I could get that right. Active, young, upper, middle-class couples and families living upwardly mobile lifestyles. Let me read that definition again. Fast-track couples. Active, young, middle-class couples and families living upwardly mobile lifestyles. That's who's out there. And they're coming in more and more. That's a growing community among us, and the projections is that that community will continue to grow around Round Oak Baptist Church. The mobility of fast-track couples is significant 
and makes it difficult for the church to either attract or bless them as they pass by. Used to be when we did church, it was like joining a family and we invited people to come join us. Don't do that anymore. People don't want that kind of commitment. They're not here that long. They're going to be here a while, then they're going to move on. But while they're here, they need you. So instead of asking them to come join your family, ask them to come sit on your porch and have a cup of coffee. While they're here, let them come share with you and fellowship with you and be a part of you while they're in this community. Because they may not be here long. Now, many of us have been here most of our lives. This is a different animal. These are different than we are. And if you're going to reach them, you have to think the way they think. Anyway, um, they have frequent moves, career shifts, late night and weekend activities, and instant messaging. Households combine dual incomes in order to survive, and they may have to go into debt for continuing education in order to thrive. They struggle to balance free time and work time and feel overwhelmed. Their home is more of a staging area than a residence. Their home is... You know, it's, it's a garage with a bedroom because they're gone all the time. They, they're constantly on the go. Fast track couples often live in an ethical blur as well. Ethical blur. Hear those words. Right and wrong, black and white, are not as clear to some of these folks. There are few, if any, absolute principles in their lives. And they don't take much time to think about consistent moral behavior or spiritual habits. Their behavior is pragmatic and self-absorbed. They don't wrestle with issues beyond the front door and are not particularly involved in their local communities. This often means, however, that people in this lifestyle segment are starved for authentic, deep, and lasting relationships. They're hungry for it because they live away from family. They live away from the structures that, that we might be used to, and they need that sense of authentic relationships. Many do not have a particularly strong church experience, and they do not readily understand worship traditions and the sacraments, things that we take for granted. They don't have a clue what that is and what it means, what has meaning for you spiritually, because you grew up with it. They don't have any understanding of it at all. Interpreting some of those things is important. Um, nor do they have decision-making habits for organizational structure. They could care less what happens at a business meeting. One other aspect of this group that I'm going to tell you how to reach them. Now I'm going, to, I'm going to go right to how you reach them. The most important part of reaching this group is make it spiritual. Make it spiritual. The core business of religion is surprise. Religion. We're not a social club. We're not a civic organization or political party. Honestly ask, are we growing spiritually? 
are we growing spiritually in faith and discipleship? Are we offering others opportunities to deepen their faith? Secondly, make it about God. And friends, this is something we need to hear. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. And we have to keep God as our focus. And if you keep God the focus, then people can, will be attracted to it. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. So keep it about God and not about you. Not about the pastor. Not about the building. It's about God. Keep it spiritual. Keep it about God. And make it personal. Make it personal. What Cliff shared with us was a personal spiritual journey. Keep it personal because this group of people is looking for real people. They don't need people who pass out for spiritual laws. They don't need people who talk about salvation and being redeemed because most of us don't know what that means anyway. And they don't have a clue what that means. But they want to see a difference in your life. They want to experience Christ in you. Keep it real. Keep it personal. Make it authentic. Make it authentic. Value the power of cross-generational community and relationships because they need that as well. You become a temporary family. You become a place where they can fellowship together while they're passing through this part of the world. You, they are on their way and they need you because you offer them something that they are hungry for. Make it work for busy lives. They're on the road a lot. A lot of them running up and down the road to D.C. When they get home, there's not a whole lot left. Just be aware that the time frame for these families are very, is very different. Get over the idea that every member has to be on a committee. Some of you are going to have to work on committees. That, that's important for the structure of the church. But don't expect these folks to serve on those committees. Short-term experiences, short-term studies, they will get involved in. But they're not going to do these long-term commitments where you get on a committee and you're on that committee till you die. Make congregational leadership a spiritual growth and relationship building experience. Um, being involved in the church needs to be part of the spiritual journey that they are on. And then they will follow through with you. Now, when the pastor search team took this demographic study, and then they did the focus groups with the members of the church, and they tried to match up those things to see uh, who we were and where God was leading us. And out of that came Trevor. The pastor search team believes that God has called Trevor to reach this group of people. Why? Because that's the group that God has placed in our backyard. That's who God has brought to us. That's the world that we live in. And if we're going to be faithful to the scriptures, then we need to respond to what God is doing around us. Which brings me to our scripture reading for today. Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 7. 
Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 7. Now, once more, I have shared this with you in the past. This is where Jesus goes up to heaven. He'd been with them. He had shared with them. They watched him die. They experienced his resurrection. And now Jesus is leaving. He's gone. He, he, they, they see him going up into the heavens, and they're wondering, what's going to happen next? What's next? What, what's, what's going to happen? But Jesus has told them what's going to happen. And we need to hear those words, because the same thing that Jesus told them, he is also telling us. Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now, you're talking about a new beginning. For the disciples, this was, this, this was brand new. Jesus is gone. He's gone. What are they going to do now? What, what is going to happen next for these disciples? What's going to happen next for Round Oak Baptist Church? What's going to happen next for David Upshaw? I don't know. But hear the words of Jesus. It's not for us to know. Jesus said it's not for us to know times or events. Only God knows that. He said, don't, don't worry about what's going to happen next. He's already got it. He said, don't, don't be concerned about things, dates that the Father has set by his own authority. All of those events that God's going to take care of, don't worry about it. Do know this, that that same Jesus who went up into heaven, he's coming back. And when he comes back, what does he need to find us doing? But you will receive power, said Jesus. So don't worry about what's going to happen next. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, do you know that you have the power of the living God in your life? Now, we talked about it last week. That was the prayer that Jesus had about being in you and us in God. And we, are, we have that, the power of the love of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The power to overcome death dwells within us. We are empowered. But friends, we're not empowered to walk across water. We're not empowered to, to raise the dead. We're not empowered to heal. We're not empowered to do all these earthly magical tricks that some of us want to do. We're empowered to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. And that's what we should be doing. We should be witnesses for God and the world in which we live. And the world that God has given to us has changed. 
God has brought in new people for us to witness to. And we are empowered to witness to them. That's what we should be doing. It's not something you do either, by the way. What does it say? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. You will be a witness for God. It's something you become through the power of the Holy Spirit. You become a witness by the way you live every day. And we become witnesses for Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus left and went away, he said, listen, you're, this is what I want you to do. Just be witnesses. And then he said, where? You started your Jerusalem. We're starting on you. This church is beginning all over again. It's a new beginning. And what is the Jerusalem that, that God has given to us? I just described part of it. It is within 10 miles of this church. There are some 7,000 households that fall into that one category. Your neighbors, people you work with, people you go to school with. And as we become witnesses for Jesus Christ, we have an impact on their lives right where we live. They're not coming here. They're not going to come inside this place unless you invite them. Unless they see a difference in your life and they say, I want some of that. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. That doesn't sound right either, does it? When they see Christ in you, they will be drawn to Christ. And we don't want to lift ourselves up. We want to lift up Jesus Christ. So when you lift up Jesus Christ, people are attracted to him. And they want to be a part of it because they see the difference it makes in your life. And you will be witnesses and you will be empowered to be his witnesses starting in Jerusalem. Starting right where you live. Starting with your neighbors. Starting with the people at the grocery store. Starting with the people that you meet every day. You'll be a witness to that person. And then you spread out to the ends of the earth. But it starts right here. And in this new beginning, let's begin where we are. Let's begin where God has planted us. Let's bloom right here. Let's be the presence of God in this place so that others might be drawn to him that would be my challenge to you because you see those people need you and they don't even know it connecting to them is a challenge in today's world that's why we have internet now that's why we need to be aware of how these people connect to each other. You see, that's what Jesus did. He met people where they were. And he used things that they were familiar with. Sheep. They knew sheep. How many of you raised sheep? And, and we don't have an understanding of, of how they raise sheep. But the people Jesus was talking to knew how to raise sheep. These people do internet. How many of you have internet in your home? Let me see your hands. Every one of you has a connection to those people out there who have internet. 
It's the way we do things today. Connecting to this crowd is not going to be easy. It is a challenge. Letting them see a difference in our lives is going to mean that we have to be empowered by God. Then verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going. Where'd he go? So often in our church life, that's what we do. I'm reading it. I'm studying it. But if it doesn't change your life, you're not doing it the way God says do it. We stand around and we look up in the sky. We stand around and we think we're worshiping God when all we're doing is just looking for him up there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we look at the Bible. Yes, we gather together. But is it real worship? Are we really worshiping the living God? Is there power in our worship? Now, that's one thing Mitch is going to do for you. He's going to introduce a different dimension to worship. Because, you see, you don't control the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just need to unplug everything and just let it go. <laughs> Did you hear that, Melissa? Okay. <laughs> and, and Melissa said, if you unplug everything, I'm happy. That's okay. <laughs> but sometimes God's Spirit moves in ways that we know not of. And we have to let the Spirit of God be the Spirit of God. To guide us and direct us. If we gather together for worship, we're worshiping the living God. And the power of the Spirit and worship is not about you. Worship is about God. And if we have to do worship differently in order to reach that crowd out there, what should we do? Doesn't feel good. I don't like that worship way. I don't like the way we do praise and prayer anymore. I can't hear myself talk. I've got things I want to say in worship. I want people to hear my voice when I worship. Rather than lifting up God and praising Him for who He is. Keep it real. Keep it authentic. Keep it focused on God. And stop sitting around looking up in the sky, gazing, wondering when he's going to come back. He's coming, but you don't know when. And when he comes, he's going to look for those who are faithfully serving him. No greater words can be heard than, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest prepared for you. And that's a day-by-day moment by moment experience and when the angels stood there and told him said why are you standing around looking up in the sky he told you what to do be witnesses be witnesses god's telling this church what to do be witnesses for jesus christ in your jerusalem meet those people where they are reach them 
with the good news of the gospel. Sacrifice your life and time for their sakes. Mm. For the sake of the kingdom of God. Do it for God, not for them. Because they might despise you and kick you and slam the door in your face or reject you. It doesn't matter. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus. So you do it for the glory of God and let God get the glory for it. That is my challenge to Round Oak Baptist Church. As you look to reach people for Christ, and I'm excited about the, the work of the outreach team and what they're doing. Right now, they're focusing on reaching church members, people who are already connected. How do we reconnect? How, how do we get folks who used to come back to church again? How do we re-energize, recharge our spiritual lives? But then around January or so, there's going to be a shift in their focus. And they're going to forget about you. And they're going to start looking at how they're going to reach those folks out there. Because that's who we really are called to reach. But we need each person. We need each member. We need the whole family of God to be united. And of one accord. And united in heart and mind. That our focus and our task is not going to be about me or what I like, but it's going to be about what God wants us to do and to be the people of God in this place, to be empowered by his spirit, to be his witnesses to these strange creatures who are moving into our community. They are different than we are, but they still need Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Father God, we want to thank you for who you are and for what you've done. And Lord, we celebrate today. We celebrate the blessings of the past. And Father, we look forward to the future with hope and expectation because of what you have given to us. You have given us, Father, the power of your spirit within and because of that, we look to the future with hope and with confidence for what you're going to do through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.